0: Hello, and thank you everybody for joining us today. Just wanted to post a quick reminder that you can grab a free copy of our book, The Book of Public Speaking at, not surprising, thebookofpublicspeaking.com. So again, go grab your free copy of The Book of Public Speaking at thebookofpublicspeaking.com today. Whether you're wanting to communicate more effectively, you're wanting to speak from stages, whether you're wanting to become a bigger influencer or get your message out in various ways, this Uh, book will serve you, I feel, in a massive way in any of those regards. So go grab your free copy today and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. It is Corey Poirier. Excited to be back with the latest edition of the show and also really excited to have a first time guest. Uh, Lately, I've been bringing on some first time guests more frequently. And as our listeners know, I love bringing on first time guests. Uh, Of course, we like our return guests as well, but I think it's cool to learn about somebody new. And so, Rachel Augusta is who I'm bringing on today. I met her at uh, an event called the New Media Summit, got to meet some really exceptional people there. Uh, Rachel is certainly one of them. And so, Rachel, Where I'd like to start is to get you to tell our listeners and viewers who may be discovering you for the very first time, just a little bit about the work you do and a little bit about your backstory.
1: Yes. um, Thank you. And I'm so glad to be here with you. So I work with animals all over the world who are really sick with cancer, other various diseases, maybe suffering with old age issues or trauma from past abuse. And um, I really got into this work because of my own kitty soul companion who got really sick. Um, she was diagnosed with a terminal illness and the vet's response was basically, she's old, she's going to die soon. What do you want me to do about it? Sort of response, which I get it. You know, she was a 17 year old cat, but, um, but I wanted something more. Even if it was, how can we make her life the best life possible? Even if it's for a few more weeks left on this planet, and um, and I knew that if anybody was going to help her, it was going to have to be me. And really, at that point, I didn't know if I had other options. If like she really was just going to die in two weeks, I wasn't sure if if there was a way I could slow down the dying process or make her life as pain-free as possible for those last couple of weeks. So um, because I didn't have time to go to veterinary school, I ended up finding another school that teaches you how to build up immune systems in the body, really get the brain and body to start working with one another. And I started those classes, honestly, immediately. And um, Holly was my first patient. I've since worked with thousands. Holly was given a couple of weeks to live but because of these methods I was using she ended up living in an additional three years oh wow yeah yeah
0: that's amazing and I guess what I'm curious about when I hear that Rachel is you know at some like you said there's a key thing there some uh you know some people can say well she you know she's older and um like you said the vet going well um how much do you I hate to say it but how much do you want to invest or spend whenever it's, they're nearing their time. But I mean, it's just like, you know, a person. I was just hearing this story about this guy who teaches people yoga. And he was teaching this old uh, beaten up wrestler who was 70 and couldn't, and for lack of a better way of saying it, uh, he couldn't go to the bathroom and clean himself. And he did yoga with this guy for a week and he said, This stuff really works. Like, I could actually clean myself for the first time in like 10 years. And so all of a sudden, this guy's getting a new quality of life that people never thought he could have. And so if you were able to give her a new quality of life and get those extra years, that's, I see that that as a win for you and her. And so I guess my question is, um, do you feel, uh, because there's that whole question, like I said, a quality of life. um, If they have a quality of life, do you feel that they should be able to be given that chance rather than us just saying, well, this is something we don't understand, or this looks like, you know, it's the end for them. Do you think we should try and, and see if we can help ease their pain, but still give them more quality of life.
1: Yes, 100%. I mean, the thing with Holly was that her illness came out of nowhere as it does with many animals. We we don't know that they're sick typically until they are so sick they can't hide it anymore. They've evolved to mask illness. So when she was diagnosed with this terminal illness, it was shocking to me. It wasn't as though I saw her aging and she couldn't walk and wasn't going to the bathroom and was incontinent and all of these things. That wasn't the case at all. Um, It was just, I noticed something off. Oh my God, she has a terminal illness. And um, you know, and, and I think that really plays a role. There are definitely animals where it's like, it really is their time. So let's just give them as much like pain-free moments as possible before we help them let go or they let go on their own. But I'm totally with you, quality of life, and you know, something to remember. Is and I, and I always take this into account. Like, I love Western medicine, I'm so grateful for it. We all know somebody who's been saved by you know, by Western medicine. If you've been in a car accident and you have broken legs or you've been stabbed, by all means, get yourself to a hospital that's where you need to go. But there are gaps in the system. And one thing I've learned is that when a doctor tells you or a veterinarian tells you, there's nothing more that can be done a truer statement is there's nothing more I can do. Mm -hmm. And we always need to remember that. So, you know, the thing, a lot of times a diagnosis isn't true or correct. It's wrong. Um, I've seen cats diagnosed with neurological brain damage, but actually they just had, their neck was sore. You know um, different things, and and a lot of times those animals would be euthanized by the vet. they have your neurological brain damage. there's nothing we can do. let's euthanize them. Actually, no, they just have a neck injury. we need to relieve the pain in it, and now they're fine. So I think it's always good to when you get it in the same way, if you were to go to the doctor and they would say, "You need major back surgery, you should go get a second and third opinion. Mm-hmm you know, before you take that as, oh, this is the word.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And something you and I chatted about, um, I, I feel like we were talking about like CEOs and influencers and where we focus on that a lot in the show, you and I chatted about how sometimes we forget that CEOs of large companies, for instance, if we use that example, have pets as well, you know, and have their animals. And I, I remember CEOs I worked for in the past who, at work, they were all business. But when you'd see them with their dog, for instance, they were like a totally different person. And so I guess um, my question out of that is, if we think about people that have busy lifestyles, do you feel, because I know what I think on this, but do you feel that the health of our animal or let's say the stress level or lack of stress level of our animal might be a reflection or a mirror of what's going on in our life? Do you think that can be like a, sort of a red flag for us? 100%.
1: So we've known for a long time that dogs can smell fear. Dogs and other animals can smell fear. But the truth is that all of your emotions have a smell and your animals can smell all of those too. So humans have 10 million neuron receptors associated with smell, which actually sounds like a lot, but a cat has 80 million and a dog has 400 million. So they can smell your anxiety. They can smell your depression. If you are having a bad day at work, or let's say you're just miserable with with the business you've built. It's crushing your soul. You know, you come home from work and your partner is like, hey, how was your day? You know, based on your behavior, a human in the house would know how your day was. An animal can smell how your day was. But it actually goes a bit further than that. Some scientists in Italy were able to prove that um, not only do animals smell our emotions, but they feel them with us. So what does that mean? That means that if you are stressed, you're in a high level position and you're constantly stressed, your body is in a state of fight or flight, which means that your body is creating cortisol and a lot of cortisol leads to inflammation, which leads to tumors and that can lead to cancer. And while this is happening in your body, uh, the department of biology in Italy was able to prove that your animals mirror you they also have a cortisol release. So while you're releasing cortisol, their body is releasing cortisol, which leads to inflammation in their bodies, which leads to tumors, which leads to cancer. And this is why when people have really stressful things happening in their life, really traumatic things, maybe somebody's diagnosed with breast cancer, somebody is going through a divorce, you've you lost all your stocks, whatever it is, it's very common that an animal in the house will end up with a terminal illness because they are smelling everything you're feeling and they're feeling it with you because they love you so much.
0: So I want to come back to that for a second, but I also wanted to ask now, does, is that maybe why, and I'm just reaching here, but Cesar Milan, the, the, uh, the dog whisperer, uh, when he goes into a house or used to go into a house, I don't know if the show is still on. Uh, but he talked a lot about the energy Mm-hmm. In the house, and the energy of the animals versus the energy of the humans, and why they'd have certain dogs that would just be aggressive with everybody except for the owner and stuff like that. Um, I wonder if that plays a big part in it as well, like the aggression of your animal and all that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously, I know there's different circumstances, like if somebody, if an animal was abused or think their past was different and it wasn't even the owner they have now that did it. But I guess what I'm getting at is uh, can that also be what happens too when they get aggressive and they might love their owner but be aggressive with everybody else?
1: Yes so in addition to smell yes totally in addition to smell we're all made out of energy and humans have an energy body that's about 4 to 6 feet based on how they feel a 10 a dog is 10 times bigger than that and a cat's is even bigger a cat can have an energy body that's the size of a city block and So it's like we're all living in each other's space. Um, And what I like to talk people through, clients, just to help them understand this, you get into an elevator, you bring your energy field in. Somebody else gets in with you, you bring it in more. Somebody else gets in. I mean, you've been in an elevator where 10 people are in there and you feel like you're going to suffocate. It's because you're in each other's energy. So imagine living in a house with a dog or a cat or a stressed out human, and they're feeling every, they can feel everything. And so if you are angry or you have a lot of trauma that you're holding on to, or, you know, a lot of issues, or you're kind of manic, it's really typical that the animals in the house will be manic too, because they're they're in your space. They can feel everything. And so often when people call me in the the animal has a lot of, um, in quotations, behavioral issues. It's very common, and I'm saying this with love in my heart for these people it's very common that the human has behavioral issues, and we have to sort through those as well. Yeah.
0: So, on one hand, and this is what I said I wanted to come back to, on one hand, it's probably can serve as uh, a red flag to us to realize something's going on in our life. Probably mm-hmm. in most cases where our animal is a little, going a little crazy, as you said um or have behavioral issues that lead in the least but now what do you recommend a person does for and I'll give you for instance I'll give you an actual case study and I say case study I'm only giving you the front end and just get your thoughts on what you would do in this case but I have two cats uh people listen to the show regularly know that because one of them uh loves to visit when especially when I'm on zoom and she just tried to visit a minute ago but didn't make it here uh what that's like and my
1: cat's right here every time I move my hand she grabs my finger and tries to engage so yeah
0: you totally get it well and my it's funny because the boy cat their brother and sister same age they look like they're different colors but the the boy cat he doesn't have any desire at all to come near any of this stuff at all and he's not big around people but she not around people she's not very social but like this capacity she wants it's not really that she's social she just wants to be seen she wants you to acknowledge her. And so here's my question out of all this, is I travel a lot. And so when I travel, I bring her to my mother's because we have a two-year-old, but, uh, and that wouldn't be an issue at all, but my girlfriend and my son will often go to their fa- her father's and visit with him while I'm traveling, or they come with me. So in other words, most cases, it, it's, uh, the only option is for them to go visit uh, what I'll call, uh, her, she calls herself Grammy. And so here's where we run into challenges. She'll tell me whenever I leave, like the day or two after I leave, first of all, my cat sits at the window for about a week crying, almost the whole time uh, for a week. But on top of that, and not to get gross, but it's still part of this, her poop changes. Like she gets runny and it's like she has diarrhea. And whenever I come home, if I don't go to pick them up right away, but I go to drop my mother off and I don't even go inside. She knows the car. Right. She knows I'm there. Same thing happens. So my question to that, Rachel, is obviously it's affecting her. But what can a person do about that? Like I, I tell her where I'm going. I say goodbye to her, all that kind of stuff. Is it just something that that's just like a person getting stressed when they're traveling and you just kind of accept it? Or is there anything you think I can do?
1: Yeah there's, def- yeah, there's definitely things you can do. So. Humans, when we think and we talk, we create images in our brain for it. We're just doing it so quickly. We're not really aware that these images are being processed um, in our brain. And animals can read them. That's telepathy. That's how telepathy works. And animals are highly telepathic. So one thing that I talk people through with animals who have separation anxiety is you have to, to tell them exactly but very detailed what's going on. I'm leaving on Tuesday at 5 p.m. I'm taking you to grandma's house. I'm going to be gone for two weeks. That's 14 days. I'm coming back on this day at roughly this time. And I can't bring you with me. I can't bring cats with me. I want you to enjoy yourself. This is your time to, to sleep and rest and play. And while I'm gone, I will think about you. And then you do actually think about them. Like you close your eyes and send them a head bump, you know, or just send them a, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I love you message. They'll receive it. And, um, I have people who will mark this clients who will mark this on calendars. I know it sounds crazy. Cause you're like, how can my cat read a calendar? I don't know the answer to that question, but I know that they can. <laughs> and so, so I have people mark it on calendars and your mom could even be like, Oh, Corey will be back in seven days. And, and it just kind of helps them cope through that. Um, another thing that you I would recommend would be CBD oils. I'm a huge fan of CBD oils. There's no harmful side effects. They're easy to give to animals. They have brands that make them specifically for animals. I list what brands I think are great on my website. So people could go to that if they're like, I don't know which one to buy. Um, and your mom could give her a drop or two each day while you're gone. And what that's really going to do is relax her. So she's, she's having runny poop because her like stomach and intestines are literally like clenched because she is nervous that she's not with you. And so if you can just relax her a little bit, why not? Cause you want to those, that that cortisol that her body is creating is is not good for her. That could cause her to be sick later. And then, you know, finally it's, that's where people come to me and we do private sessions and I can go in and see if there's anything really amiss, like not like if there's something, sometimes animals energetically are just like, they're driving a car with no oil. Like there's something going on and we just go in and repair and see, you know, and like, she might have something pretty major energetically going on with her. That's just not allowing her to feel grounded. That's just not, you know, allowing her to feel safe in her own body.
0: So they're both um they're going on 13 and mm-hmm. they as far as health wise, they well, they're 13 and they and they you know they don't have to go they go to the vet just for like checkups and that, but they they're they never have any issues. Um she's been doing this since she was a kitten. And mm-hmm. and that's not to say that there's not stuff going on that still could be grounded in her. uh but one of the things that seem to have it's something that i've accepted that both these cats have had since day one and I, I don't really know the extent of it or why it happened but we got them both when they were five months old and they both came from the same place like their brother and sister as i mentioned but they were in this porch and we didn't think we were so excited to be getting cats we didn't think about this until we left but they were basically competing for one litter box and one food dish with 30 some cats and The best I can figure is they were handled a lot and maybe stepped on because the girl cat, the one I was talking about, she goes like this every time somebody goes to pet her, like as if she's going to get hit. And the boy cat, if you go on your knees, he'll run over to me. But if I walk toward him, he runs. So like my own, my deduction in my head is going, okay, maybe he was stepped on during Mm -hmm. that first five months. Maybe she felt she was mauled too much or picked up or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know much more that could have happened. You know, like I say, there were five months and it was just this guy that was breeding cats and selling them. $400 each. So, uh, I guess my, my point is that I think there is something that's always been going on because they, because they seem neurotic anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they probably have trauma. So, um, a lot of animals that I work with have come out of shelters or different, you know, issues like that. And it's like, most of the time animals can work through it pretty quickly, but sometimes they can't. And that's where there's some pretty major foundational stuff that's kicking in and not like working as well as it should be. And that, you know, and that's where really private sessions can work really well because I can go in there and I can really test and see. And one of the things I work with is called a HARA and that's spelled H-A-R-A. We all have one, and it's a tube of energy that runs through our body, and I really like to think of it as the foundation to the house, Um, and the reason why I consider it the foundation to the house is because if there's something wrong with it, we just don't heal physically or emotionally. I see this with humans and furry four-legged animal companions that this When somebody comes to me and they're like, my dog has done two rounds of antibiotics, they're not working, I immediately know it's a horror issue. Um, if somebody tells me they have an animal that just can't get over the trauma, like, They've been in their house for a couple of years, but whatever happened in their past, they're just not working through it. It's usually a horror issue. Um, sometimes horror issues can come through it. They come through trauma or abuse. They can also come out of surgery. You know, if somebody has surgery, the surgery site can cause the horror to split and then it starts to unravel. Um, and I would guess that they probably both have horror issues. It's just manifesting in different ways. Um, one is making... Uh, your your female like turned into kind of neurotic like I need you or I'm gonna break down and have a you know psychotic episode and my, and I'm gonna start pooping my pants, um, and the male is like I want your affection but I'm totally afraid to have it. He's an el- he's an emotionally unavailable man, just like you know what happens to humans. <laughs> so. <laughs> I want this, but I'm so afraid of it that I'm not going to fully engage so um so that's something that's both they're both you can work through them, work through it when they can you know when you energetically support them
0: okay, I love that, and like I said, I was just more curious because I know there's something that uh is going on, and mm-hmm. at the same time, um I think it's probably beneficial for other listeners who have pets, and again, I liken that. Most, I think, business owners, CEOs, entrepreneurs, listeners will probably have pets. And I think a lot of times we look at our pets as separate from us. Like, you know, they, they're not affected by us. It's just a separate entity. We come home, say hello to the dog. There's no, you know, the dog's not carrying anything from us, but I think it's quite the opposite. And I think you've been making the case as well today that um, there is, you know, the stuff we do is going to impact them and vice versa.
1: See, totally. And you know, the thing that sucks about being a CEO and, you know, running your own business or just, you know, you're not a CEO, but you're a business professional and you're always at work is a lot of people do have animal companions. You know, a lot of women who are working on their careers chose to not have children during this time of their life or not, you know, they have animals, they have a little dog, they have a cat and it's devastating. So many of them come to me because you know, these animals become your family, they're your family members. And when you're really super stressed and work is really hard, you don't want to find out that your animal has stage four cancer. Like they're, you know, they're, I, I, I think we're like in a symbiotic relationship with each other. You know, we help keep each other happy and alive. And when we feel good, they really feel good. But when we let our negative emotions get the best of us, it does impact them. And, you know, and it's devastating, you know, to, to, to lose your, your furry family members, um, you know, and sometimes at a really early age, like I have people who come to me whose four-year-old Chihuahua, you know, have, has fallen into um, advanced heart failure. That's not normal. A four-year-old Chihuahua shouldn't be in advanced heart failure. The four-year-old Chihuahua is in advanced heart failure because of the stress in the home.
0: So agree. And so as we move forward, uh, Rachel, I'd love to get your thoughts on, it sounds to me like you're very passionate about the work that you do and, and it seems like it's your calling. And so I'd love to ask you, do you think it's important for a person to find their, whatever word we want to put on it, your why, your calling, your purpose, do you think it's important for a person to find it? And if so, why?
1: Oh God, such a good question. Yeah. I mean, it's really the only reason we're here, right? I mean, we could argue there's a lot of reasons to be here, but I, I am always so grateful that I know what my why is, but it came out of a very sad place, which is often why, how we end up figuring out what our passion is, is because we had to go through this devastating, hard place to get there. And what it does is it, it, it makes us stronger and it opens our hearts and it gives us more empathy, you know, to other people. And I, you know, I had somebody once tell me, they're like, you know, what you give, you, what I see you give to the world is hope. And no one had ever really said that to me. And I was like, oh my God. And I like kind of broke into tears. I was like, you're right. That's, that's what I want to give people with their animals is I want to give them hope because that was what I was lacking when Holly got sick. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that is why we need to figure out what our why is because, you know, there's somebody out there who needs you and, you know, entrepreneur is like, you're an answered prayer. Someone somewhere said they needed the thing that you have. And, and that's why it's so important to always be out there, you know, telling people what you do and why you do it because you really are Answered prayer for somebody else.
0: I I totally love that because one of the things I talk about, especially when I'm talking to people that want to either get on a stage speaking or they're already doing it and they're, they're kind of questioning why and that's, or people that are nervous to do it, but have this powerful story. And I go back to the idea, which I truly believe is that somebody's desperately waiting to hear that person's story or message, and it's going to change their life. And the why is if you don't do it, there's a life that doesn't get changed because you didn't speak up. So to me, that's like they have a prayer for you Mm -hmm. to come along and help them fix whatever it is. And if you're not jumping in, you're not helping solve that problem or answer that prayer. So I love Uh, that you said that like that.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, totally. I mean, I have so many times people say, I wish I would have known you when, and, my response is always me too. You know, I wish I would have known this too when Holly got sick. I wish I would have known this before. I wish I would have known this was an option. I wish I would have known, you know, but the only way we're going to know is if more people talk and more people do and more people share. So.
0: So now uh, I guess diving further down the rabbit hole, as we start to wind down, uh, how do you define success? Like what does it mean to you? What does it mean for you?
1: Um, Success for me is really being tapped into a constant state of joygasms. <laughs> um, I'm all about quality of life. Like going back to quality of life, I I believe that quality of life needs to begin right away, not like right after retirement or when you retire or waiting for. Like you need to have quality of life right now and even if I'm having months where it's like, okay, I'm paying my rent and paying bills, you know, but not actually like, woohoo, it feels like I won the lottery. Um, I'm always happy and I always feel really good and I have my time. And that to me is, is really success. Like being able to like own my time, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. It does. And so my and I call it official question my last official question but then I have an unofficial one the last official question is the one I call the time machine question and so this is the question I ask every guest we bring onto the show and it simply goes like this Rachel if you could jump into a time machine and go back and visit a younger version of yourself uh you know maybe you can probably figure out when she'd need it the most but you could give her some life advice based on what you've learned in the years since what do you think you might tell younger Rachel
1: do not get a smartphone <laughs> <laughs>
0: <That's what advice. laughs>
1: You will lose all of your creativity and your time will die with it. Um, but in all honesty, my, my younger self would have been, um, the 30 year old me
0: Mm.
1: who, uh, started to break under societal pressures of feeling like I needed to be something at that age because that's what society told me. And it really started to crush, crush me. And it took me, almost a decade to break out of that. Wow. Yeah.
0: And so here's, I guess the follow-up to that. It's still not the unofficial question, but the follow-up is knowing what we've heard, or at least we believe we know about the butterfly effect. uh, You also probably know, I know I feel that if I were to jump in the time machine, it would obviously impact every, it would ripple. So I wouldn't be the person I am today. Knowing that, would you jump into the time machine?
1: Oh God, I ask myself this question so much and I teeter totter I teeter totter because it's, it's true. Like I wouldn't know you, Corey. I like, I wouldn't be right here in this place, which is so perfect, but I could have escaped a lot of hard things, I think. So my answer is no, I would not.
0: And so here's my, I guess I'm going to add on one more question to that. Cause I'm still in that rabbit hole, but, um, if you did jump into the time machine and if you did go back and knowing that person, that younger version that you would go back to at that age, would she listen to the advice?
1: Yes. Yes. That's- I'm pretty, I'm pretty open-minded. I have been my whole life. I'm very agreeable. Actually, I'm my sibling's favorite sibling because I'm super agreeable.
0: <laughs> I am my sibling's favorite sibling. I like that. Um, So Rachel, this has been an absolute pleasure. I said the unofficial question. The unofficial question might be the most important for somebody that's been listening that maybe has a pet like mine, or maybe um, just in general, uh, they're having a a behavioral issue pet, or they have a pet they want to send energy to or whatever that looks like. Um, Is there a place you would normally send them? Like is there a hub where you'd normally send people?
1: Yeah, uh, to my website. And of course I'm on social media and everything, but my website's where you can go b- book a free consult. I have a lot of free stuff, a lot of things they can listen to. And um, so that's rachelaugusta.com.
0: That's uh, nice and easy. So Rachel, this has been an absolute pleasure. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I know this has been highly valuable for people. Uh, I'm sure this is a to-be-continued conversation, whether it's on our other show or whether it's just down the road us connecting, but I thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you, I love this.